Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome back. Final hour with me here on a Burgundy and Gold game day. 106.7 The Fan Team 980 Odyssey app. i tell you what, Chris, I got sandwiched between some pros. Got Earl Forsey countdown to kickoff. Then you get me for three hours. Gross. Then you get Craig and Logan. Man. <laughs> I got sandwiched in between some really good people. So I, I call that a rocking Sunday morning lineup. Well, man. hopefully I lived up. You know, hopefully it wasn't like a huge dip in a valley in between the two mountains, right? Of of great broadcast. Hopefully I didn't let you down too much. I am just glad we are back to talking football. <laughs> you know, I'm just glad we're talking You don't talking want to spend this final man. hour talking about Monumental? You want no, to talk about Alexander? So you don't want to break down Potomac Yard? And I, it's big story. I get it. But I'm just glad to be back on football today. <laughs> it is a football Sunday here on the fan. Team 980 Odyssey app. Let's dive into this game before we turn it over to Craig Hoffman and Logan Paulson coming up at 1 o'clock, the Take Command pregame show. What are you rooting for today? Plain and simple. 800-636-1067. MGM National Harbor listener lines are open what are you rooting for today? And maybe even more so than that, what are you rooting for in these last four games? You know, week 18 rolls around. It's kind of hard to root for Dallas to win, right? <laughs> if you're rooting for your team to lose, that means you're rooting for Dallas to win. That's kind of hard. But what are you rooting for? You want to see Sam Howell look good and the team still lose? You want to see the young guys play well? What do you want to see? I, I Again, like I started the show with, I don't think you really can have a wrong opinion here. If you say, I need my team to still win, ain't nothing wrong with that. I, I 100% agree. If you say, I, I need them to have a better draft pick, totally on board with that as well. So I think any opinion you've got is fine, and that's why I'm interested to hear because I think the fan base is probably a little split on how they feel about these last four games. You know, Maybe some of the fans are just saying, I'm done with this season. Can we just get to the offseason? Let's watch You know, 4 o'clock rolls around. They said, where can I find the Bills game, right? Where can I find the Bills beating the Cowboys, hopefully? You know, I, I don't know. But what do you feel? What do you want to root for these final four games? What are you rooting for today? 800-636-1067. Me personally, Chris, I don't, I don't like to be the guy that roots against my team. You know, so I'm not going to go in saying, oh, yeah, come on, Aaron Donald. So, you know, like, I can't do that. I can't just actively root for the Rams. But I think they're in a good spot where... The defense can't stop anybody anyways. And so naturally, they're probably going to lose this football game, which is probably for the better. I just need Sam Howell to play well. That's really what I'm focused on, especially today, these last four games. Can he continue to improve and show growth? Again, I don't know that he can necessarily change my opinion all that much, but if he continues to be the same steady Eddie, maybe you know slight growth here or there, he's going to make mistakes, he's going to have some flash plays. If he continues to be the same guy and grow bits and pieces, then I'm fine with it. I'd love to see him take off and throw for 404 touchdowns today and they win. That'd be awesome. Because if they win football games because Sam Howell's playing well, that that cannot be bad for the organization. I have a similar opinion. I would love to see him throw 400 yards and four touchdowns in a close loss. Keep that draft position, but watch that quarterback grow. I'd love to see that. And see, that's kind of where I'm at. Like, 
yeah, I think that would be better for the team overall, but I don't care if they win or lose, honestly. I need Sam Howell to play well. That's what I need. If they win because of Sam Howell, great. If they lose and Sam Howell play great, great. That's what I want. I, it does not bother me either way because, in my opinion, if they're winning football games with Sam Howell down the stretch here, the defense is probably still pretty bad. That means that Sam Howell's playing pretty well. Maybe that makes your decision for you for quarterback next year. You go into the draft. Yeah, maybe you drop down a few spots. But here's my opinion on this. Yeah, I would love to be drafting in the top five. If I fall all the way down to eighth or ninth, but Sam Howell has proved to be the guy over the last couple of weeks, then guess what? The quarterback decision is made up for me. I'm sticking with Sam Howell. If I want, I can still take a lineman. I can maybe take one of these other receivers because Marvin Harrison Jr. is spectacular. But so is Malik Neighbors. So is Roman Dunes. I think you got to go lineman in that situation. Yeah, in the, in the commander's case, you got to go lineman. I'm just saying, like, if Sam Howell plays well enough that you're starting to win some football games down the stretch here, you're making your quarterback – he's making the decision for you. And I kind of like that. So that's kind of what I'm rooting for down the stretch here because if they don't have to take a quarterback in the draft, then you can start bolstering the offensive line with one of these studs out of Penn State or Notre Dame or maybe even trade down and add more assets and take one of the other tackles in the first round. Like I think there's so many possibilities if you can stick with Sam Howell as the quarterback – so for me, down the stretch here, what I'm rooting for, number 14. That's who I'm rooting for. I want to see Terry grow. I want to see Enemy continue to evolve his offense because I really do like Enemy. I don't necessarily feel like he needs to be the head coach here, but I would like to see him get a head coaching job at some point. Even the Bears have talked about maybe kicking the tires on him being a head coach at some point. But I, I think for me, the number one thing that I'm going to be watching is how Sam Howell continues to grow because... You look around the rest of the roster, and how many of these guys are the building blocks, like I talked about a little bit earlier? Who knows, right? I'm not saying that you know 51 of the 53-man roster is going to be different next year. That's never going to be the case. But who are the guys that need to stay? Who are the guys that don't need to stay? I think a lot can be proven in these last four weeks. Number one, and this isn't really a hard thing to do, but you better be given effort. If anybody starts quitting the last four games, then goodbye. Adios. You just revealed that you don't need to be here, right? I mean, look at last night with what you were seeing with George Pickens. Not saying he's quitting, but the effort level was not great. When you see a video going around where I think it was Jalen Warren gets tackled short of the goal line, whereas if Pickens just blocks his dude, Warren's going one-on-one or one-on-two with tacklers. Instead, there's a third guy that's able to stonewall him short of the goal line. You know, that that's kind of what I want to see is guys giving effort, guys continuing to work hard, because a lot of these guys are working for jobs next year too, right? Terry McLaurin's not working for a job. He's going to be in the NFL next year, right? John Allen, Deron Payne, they're not working for their jobs. But K.J. Henry? I mean, they may be working for jobs here. Correct. Yeah, 100% working for jobs here, but they're not working for jobs in the NFL. But guys like K.J. Henry on the outside, I think he's working for a job in the NFL, maybe, maybe here, maybe somewhere else. You know, Manuel Forbes, you're fighting for a starting spot for next year, right? Benjamin St. Juice, those sorts of things. Maybe you're not playing for a roster spot. You'll be on someone's team, but maybe you're playing for some real chances at playing time. So I'm going to be looking around the entire roster, making sure guys are continuing to give full effort because you're professional athletes, you're professionals, you're expected to act as such. So that's something I think to keep an eye on. But in terms of who you're rooting for, what you want to see, you can look around the roster, but to me it all starts and stops with number 14, Sam Howell. If he plays well, that can make a whole difference in how you approach the offseason. Then everything can be focused around building around him as opposed to finding the guy to build around. So 
that's going to be the number one thing for me to watch down the stretch here. Let's get out to Uptown Mo. What's going on, Mo? Hey, how you doing? Doing great. How about you? Man, excellent show. I just uh, I, I've been listening to Odyssey, so I'm a little bit behind, but um, this is my lunch break. Um, so somehow, um, I, I liken it to the uh, Drew Brees, um, uh, San Diego, uh, Philip Rivers conversation. Mm -hmm. San Diego had given up on Drew Brees. Uh, he had went to Miami. They they didn't want him, and then he goes to New Orleans, becomes a pillar of that uh, community, uh, becomes a baller, and wins the Super Bowl. While San Diego, even though uh, Philip Rivers had a great career, uh, they ne they never won the championship, right? Um, if you move forward, I would like to see Sam Howe play well. I'm, I'm a believer in Sam Howe. I, I, I'm, let me just say that. I do not like the offense that he is in right now. I think that it puts too much pressure on him as a first-year quarterback to throw 70 times a game. Mm -hmm. You understand what I'm saying? But if I can get Sam Howe some weapons on the cheap, keep him at, 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 as a, a cheap uh, you know, quarterback that can really bowl and build up around him, I think that's the success and longevity. I think that model leads to success and longevity uh, in the future. Yeah, 100%, Mo. Appreciate the phone call. Yeah, I'd love to see Sam Howe do well because, like he said, the best time to win is with a rookie quarterback. And it's even better if the rookie quarterback costs next to nothing, right? A first-round pick costs way more. Not saying that it's a lot compar comparatively, right? I mean, when you look at Mahomes making $50 million a year, yeah, I'll take a first-round quarterback over that any day just in terms of contracts. But Sam Howell's making next to nothing. So you'd have two more years of that. That's the other conversation if you want to talk about this. Two more years of Sam Howell. Or five years of Caleb Williams or Drake May or Jaden Daniels, Bo Nix or Michael Penix, whoever you want to take your pick of quarterback. I think that's a part of the conversation we haven't necessarily gotten to yet. Is this team going to be ready in the next two seasons? I think that you can turn things around pretty quickly in the NFL, but who knows with Sam Howell. But you could have five years with a new quarterback. That's something that they'd have to consider as well. I think you have to. And I think. I think having Howell and another young quarterback would be good because they, you know, he could help teach the other guy how to learn the plays, whatever. But he doesn't have to go be the starter, you know. Like, I think, I think that'd be just—it's got to be what they do this offseason, it seems. Yeah, it does. I will say one thing: your decision would become a lot more difficult if the Bears decide to stick with Justin Fields. If they decide to stick with Justin Fields, then Caleb Williams is very much a reality, because if you're sitting there at four, maybe even you get up to three. Then you say, I only got to move up two picks, three picks, to go get that number one pick and take Caleb Williams. Yeah, I know you talked about earlier that you don't necessarily want to give up assets, and I agree on that. But at the same point, if you can get your quarterback and it's not going to cost you nearly as much as you would have thought, I think you can go do it. And if they decide to stick with Justin Fields, I think that that's a real possibility because they're going to trade down, and someone would trade up to number one to get Caleb Williams. Someone would do it. Washington would be in a prime spot because they don't have to move down as far. Maybe New England would move up one pick so they could take them, and you'd have to move up to two or something like that. I still don't see the Bears. I mean, they're in a similar situation. What are you, you going to sign Fields for how long, for how much money? I agree. I think it'd be stupid of them to take pass. A, I mean, they have a number one overall pick almost guaranteed from Carolina right now. I mean, why would you not? I think it'd be incredibly stupid for them to pass on Caleb Williams. But, I mean, there's chatter that maybe they would consider Justin Fields is playing better. I think it would be incredibly dumb, but it would be on brand for Chicago. Right, it would seem. I'll give you that one. It would seem to fit. Let's continue talking about this. What you rooting for today for the Commanders? What do you want to see from the team today? You want them to win? You want them to lose? You, who you rooting for? Who you watching? What are your predictions 
for today's game against the Rams. 800-636-1067. Feel free to hop in on the MGM National Harbor listener lines. You can also tweet at me at Toby underscore Altizer. More to come in the final hour with me here on a Burgundy and Gold game day on 106.7 The Fan, the Team 980 in the Odyssey app. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back. Burgundy and Gold Game Day. Toby Altizer taking you up until 1 o'clock. Then we'll turn it over to the Take Command pregame show. Craig Hoffman, Logan Paulson. 800-636-1067. You want to hop in on the MGM National Harbor listener lines. You can also tweet at me at Toby underscore Altizer. A couple of tweets from a little bit earlier. So, let's see. Mark tweeted and said, Two quarterbacks in the last two drafts have proven to be better than Sam, and one of them was drafted after Sam, so we need to focus on building the team. So, let's see. Who are the two quarterbacks he's talking about? Brock Purdy, right? He would be talking about Purdy. He would be the one taken after. You're talking about Stroud in this past draft? I don't know how you can throw Stroud necessarily in that conversation because he's a number two overall pick, right? So, we'll see. But to his point, you build the team up around. You find the right quarterback in the system. Maybe you can find some lightning in a bottle. We'll see, right? I think you can build the team up around him and make things work with Sam Howell as quarterback. That's why I think, you know, like when we talked about it earlier, it's not a fun position to be in in terms of, you know, when we're talking about these discussions, but I think they're right in the middle, right? I think you can make the argument that they should stick with Howell. I think you can make the argument they got to move on. I think that either way is fine. Sam's shown enough flashes, and you can definitely sell someone on, I think this guy can be the guy. At the same point, the detractors that don't like Sam and want someone else can point to the sack numbers and turnovers 
and be justified as well. So I think he's shown you some good and bad. I think that he's improved throughout the season. But one of the callers brought up that he doesn't like the system that Sam is in with the enemy. I would agree with that. I think that there still needs to be more of a rushing attack. I think that they need to lean more on the run game and work with that. But Sam hasn't been good in play action. He hasn't been great in the play action game. So I don't know how much that is. You know, they're not doing it under center. I don't necessarily love some of the token fakes that you get that might be considered play action out of the shotgun. You know, he sticks it over there like he's pretending to hand it off. Everyone knows he's not handing it off, right? I I don't necessarily consider those token fakes really meaning anything because, you know, think about when you look at the Dolphins, you think about the the Niners and that Shanahan system with the play action, you know, kind of the the bread and butter, right? The the outside zone run game with the play action. The reason you run that is you get the linebackers to move up, then you throw it over into the second level. If you're just running token fakes and the linebackers never come up and your offensive line is horrible anyway, so why would they come up? Then you're not really able to accomplish what play action is designed to accomplish. Yeah, you don't open the slot, and that's the main goal there. Exactly. Like, so you're not opening really big windows for yourself. I mean, think about RG3, right? And his rookie season. You think back to that with Shanahan, it was the read option game, which was new to the NFL. That was a big part of it, but it was also the play action game. RG3 didn't have to make hard choices, right? It's it's not not saying it's not difficult being an NFL quarterback, but it's a lot easier when a guy's open by 10 yards. Right, You know, it's a lot easier when the decisions you have to make are like, do I throw it to a guy who's covered by two guys or a guy that's open with no one within 10 yards of him? Like, pretty easy to play quarterback when it's like that. So it'd be better if they could do something like that where they could get more play action involved, they could get more of the run game involved. That being said, I mean, they try to run screens, maybe not as much as you'd like to see. But I would like to see them maybe try to get McLaurin more involved just in simple ways, right? When's the last time you remember McLaurin just simply running a slant or a drag or something of that nature? Like, you've seen it late in games at times. I I can't remember what a game it was a couple weeks ago, right? He It gets to the fourth quarter. He runs back-to-back plays, I believe, where he's running slants and Sam's able to hit him for first downs. He can run more of that, right? You cannot have situations where... Terry McLaurin goes catchless in a game, right? He's your best offensive player. And I think it's been interesting to see people turn on Terry. Terry's a guy that's had a thousand yards year after year after year with terrible quarterbacks. Why is it that when the comes in, all of a sudden it's Terry's issue, right? I think Terry is good enough to overcome things, but Sam's ultimately got to throw him the ball. But I don't think EB's offense really likes to feature receivers. And that's really the strength here uh, in terms of what you would think at the beginning of the year. It was going to be McLaurin and Dotson and Samuel, and that necessarily hasn't been the case. Yeah, I mean, look how many yards, you know, Sam has thrown for, but it's not to basically the one and two, you know? Yeah, <laughs> like, it, it is odd. Like, he's fifth in the league in passing yards, I believe, and McLaurin might not get to 1,000. Dotson's not going to get to 1,000, right? I mean, it's, it is kind of odd. And they've gone to Curtis Samuel a little bit more. Maybe they like that kind of guy, but... I mean, think back to even the Kansas City days when they lost Tyreek Hill. They didn't go to any receivers, basically. Look at this year. It seems like they basically go to no receivers, right? And then even when they had Tyreek Hill, some games they'd go to him eight or nine, ten times, right? And you'd be like, think about fantasy football if you had Tyreek Hill. Some games he'd go for 30 points for you. Then the next week he'd go for two because he'd catch the ball one time for 10 yards. It's just kind of odd how they, they do that. And you can have that kind of thing when you have a Travis Kelsey on your team, but it's... It's just an interesting dynamic. Jeremy tweets in, said he's rooting for Sam Howell to play well. 
for John Allen to smile, <laughs> for Forbes to get an interception and not proclaim he's back on Twitter as if he ever arrived in the first place, and then a top-five draft spot and Rivera to get fired after the game. Well, you might get the top-five draft spot. We'll see about the other stuff. I don't know about Rivera getting fired after the game. I think we kind of heard what that Rossini reports. He's going to stick it out to the end of the year. They all kind of understand that they're done. But I think that he's going to end up being through the end of the season. But, again, I think Howell is the one that you want to watch. I'm interested, though, and we can get into this in the next segment. Who are some other guys that you're watching? Because, you know, I don't want to oversimplify this. If this were a game that were a little bit earlier in the season and people were a little more dialed in on terms of the result, right, we could break all this down. We could break down how they're going to win this football game. We can break down what players are going to be key to that. We can break all that down. I don't know that people are all that worried about that right now because, to be honest with you, I don't know how many people are caring that they win this football game. But I think there are players outside of Sam Howell to watch. Brian Robinson's not going to play today. I think Chris Rodriguez, we'll get into that in a little bit more. I think Chris Rodriguez is going to have a big opportunity. Antonio Gibson is going to have an opportunity as well. He's not under contract next year. So can he prove that he can be a guy that you want to bring back or he's going to go somewhere else? You know, I think there's some guys on this team that have some real opportunities due to some injuries, due to the spot in the season that they're at, obviously due to the Chase Young and Montez sweat trades. I think there's some opportunities for some young guys to prove themselves and earn themselves spots next year, earn themselves some starter reps next year. Who are you watching today? What are you rooting for? What do you think's going to happen today? 800-636-1067. You want to hop in on the MGM National Harbor listener lines. We'll continue talking about the Burgundy and Gold here on a Burgundy and Gold game day. 1067 The Fan, the Team 980 in the Odyssey app. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. It's the Burgundy and Gold game day here on The Fan. Also the Team 980, the Odyssey app, taking you up till 1 o'clock. Toby Altizer with you, and we'll turn it over to Craig Hoffman, Logan Paulson for the Take Command pregame show. 800-636-1067. You can hop in at any point. What are you rooting for today? Who are some players you want to watch? What do you predict for the game today? Feel free to call in on any of those real quickly. Before we get out to some of your phone calls, saw this interesting on Twitter just coming out the last couple of minutes. The Eagles are making a change at defensive coordinator. I don't, you're seeing different reports. Jay Glazer is saying that Philly has made a change at the DC spot, moving Sean Desai to another position and putting Matt Patricia, the former defensive coordinator and offensive coordinator for the New England Patriots as their DC. Ian Rappaport doesn't say they changed the official title, but saying that the Eagles are going to put Desai 
up in the coaching box and Patricia is going to call the plays in to the defense. So it's intriguing. I mean, the, the Eagles, they, you look at their record, they feel like they're still that juggernaut, but I don't know, man. I mean, there's, there's definitely some holes in the armor for the Eagles this year. That being said, they get things figured out at the right time. They still might be the team to beat in the NFC. We'll see. Just thought that was interesting. Well, what are you rooting for today? What do you want to see today? Some players you're watching. Obviously, Sam Howell at the top of that list. Other guys you're watching, 800-636-1067. Let's get to Andy in Sterling. Andy, what's going on? Yeah, man, I want to get back to that Sam Howell conversation. I wish you guys on the media, uh, the fans, whoever called in, would get off this stupid conversation about drafting, if they're in a position at number four, to go after Caleb Williams, Drake May, Michael Penix, whoever. That would be the stupidest thing this organization could do. In order to get one of those quarterbacks, if you were to trade into the number one, number two slot, even the three slot, you'd have to give up your quality number one pick, probably a number one pick for next year, and probably a couple uh, number twos this year and next year. (laughs) Once again, they ought to be taking those picks, those extra picks they, they picked up for their defensive ends, and just build around Sam. Otherwise, you go after one of these young picks and trade away all that draft capital, you're going to set this organization back another couple of years because you won't have those quality offensive linemen you could have drafted. You won't have that linebacker you desperately need. You won't have a, a, a quick pitch, not quick pitch, quick twitch running back that they still don't have. Times this, this past year, have they been in third and one and have not been able to to uh, to make a first down. Is it because the running backs weren't any good, or is it because they don't have the offensive linemen to, to, to get that initial push? Once again, uh, Commanders fans, get off that conversation. We've got our quarterback. Build around him going forward. Please. All right, man, that's it. Andy, appreciate the phone call. I don't disagree with his point to an extent, but at the same point, I'll ask you this, Chris. If you feel like you can upgrade at the quarterback position and it's going to cost you basically a one, because like if you trade up from four to one, right, say they were to do that and it costs you next year's one and a couple of twos, what team wouldn't do that, right? It's just a couple. Of, it's, I don't think the no, commanders on. can, though. It essentially turns into one, one, and two twos, right, for a franchise quarterback. If that's what you deem Caleb Williams is, I, I don't see why you wouldn't do it. Why can't they do it? I just, I think, again, because of where the commanders are, I don't think it's necessarily a bad choice for any team. It's a bad choice for the commanders this season because they're in total, total rebuild. And there's been a lot of rebuild seasons, but this is completely wipe the board clean, start over, rebuild. But when you're in an opportunity to pick a quarterback, you take a quarterback. So I'm not advocating saying that they have to do it. I'm fine either way. I think there's enough good ones, too. It's not like there's one or two good ones, and they'll be gone by four or five. I think that you don't have to trade up to do that this season. I, don't, I just don't feel you have to. See, to me, there's two clear ones. It's Drake May and Caleb Williams. If one of those guys is available and you get a chance, I'd take them. And if it means having to go up a little bit, I, I, I would be fine with it if it's Caleb Williams. I'm not necessarily trading up for Drake May. There's just no guarantees that they will pan out any more than a fourth or fifth overall pick would either. I mean, sure. I, I understand that. And but that's you, why the trade up isn't take... worth it to me because you're still rolling the dice either way. And it's not like if you were picking 20th and now you're getting up to the second pick. Like, that's a big change. But when you're talking just a couple picks like that, it doesn't seem worth it to me. It's definitely a gamble. Any decision that they make is going to be a gamble. But I think if you feel like you can upgrade the quarterback position, you do it. Now, you know, to Andy's point, look at where the Carolina Panthers are. 
if you want to bring that up. Now, they're not going as far up, right? The Carolina Panthers went from 9-1, to one, I believe. The Commanders would be going from 4-1. to one. You're still probably going to give up your first next year, I would believe. I'd have the to look at the... last Commanders did that was like RG3, I think, right? It was the big, yeah. like, trade-up, yeah. And everything. yeah, it doesn't look, it does not look great, but you think back to it, if you could have made it work with RG3, would it have been worth it? Yeah. I, I think if you can find your franchise quarterback, you make that move. I really do. I think that if you feel like you can get your guy, you're willing to do it, especially for five years at a cheap price, right? How would you, would you have done the si- How do I phrase this? If you were in the position again, okay, where you're at now, and this were last year's quarterback draft, and say you knew you could move up and get C.J. Stroud, would you do it? Would you trade an extra one and two twos for C.J. Stroud right now? Yes. You would I, not? I don't know. I don't know. Not where they're drafting right now, no. Why? Again, I just think because I, I don't think the gamble Here's the thing. on who they can get is that much different. That, that's the thing. You're not you're giving up a lot for, for what? For a quarterback that may or may not pan out, and that's still what you're going to get at where you're drafting. I'm just saying, would you do it for C.J. Stroud right now? I mean, knowing what you know, it's easy to say. Look, I get you know, it. Hindsight is twenty twenty, but that's not how the draft works. You For, know? Yeah, like, I get it. I understand. <laughs> I 100% understand. Everything is going to be a question mark. But if you get the chance to get a guy that you feel is the franchise quarterback, you take the chance. And I, I see some of these callers, and, and I get your point. You look and say, man, they have no O-line. You have $90 million in cap space. You can spend it. And guess what? You've got an extra second rounder. You've got an extra third rounder. You might have to spend those to trade up. But guess what? You can still draft guys. We, we, as much as Andy wants to say we have to change our discussion, we also can't be idiotic and one-lane-minded. Just because if they were to trade up and draft a quarterback doesn't mean they can't spend a majority of their $90 million in cap space upgrading the O-line. Doesn't mean they can't spend a third, a fourth, a fifth-round draft pick upgrading the O-line. Doesn't mean they can't do that. All right? So I think if you look at the quarterback position and you feel like you can get a clear upgrade and Caleb Williams, and you don't have to mortgage the entire future like you did with the RG3 trade, right? You had to give up a lot to get up to number two overall. If you feel like it's not going to take nearly as much from number four to get to number one, let's say it's next year's one and a two this year and a two next year, I'd probably do it. Or even if it's your two twos this year, I might do it. You get a quarterback that you feel like can be the guy, you have to take a chance. I don't know where this narrative became that quarterback's not the most important position on the field. It is. It definitely is. But, again, I think it has to do with where they're already projected to draft. You know, if they if they drop, say they win a couple more of their games here and they drop to When you 10, have the 12, opportunity to t- and I'm just seeing all these callers and I see their points, and we'll get to them in just a second. But my problem is this. When you're in the spot to take a quarterback, you take the quarterback. Think about this. But I think they're on, already on, in that spot. That's the thing. At number four? Yeah. But, but the clear like, – would you take Jaden Daniels or Caleb Williams? I'm, this is my point, though. Any of those top probably five quarterbacks, any of them have about the same chance of actually panning out. Of actually panning disagree. out. Disagree. Disagree. I think I, Caleb Williams, it's just Drake it, May, and then it's a big divide in the rest I of them. I mean, that's how it always looks going into a draft. There's a few, there's whatever. But by, by the time three years in, it's very different as to which of those actually have panned out or not. And I don't think, again, if they're drafting like 20th, I'd be like, yeah, maybe you need to get up in those top couple picks to try to get one of these guys because then that's a game changer. But their draft is already going to be – if they stay at four, they're already high enough. I think you can still do that. You can still get as good of a chance at that quarterback. Here's what I'm going to say. If you would have had the chance 
Because I think it's a similar scenario. You're not drafting as high. You're probably not going to get the second overall pick. But it's a similar scenario to when this team was drafting second overall, right? And they took Chase Young. Yeah, they could have taken Herbert. Yeah, they could have taken Tua. We, we kind of know what those guys are now. Yeah, you probably would have taken Herbert. I get all that. Let's put that in a scenario here where they're drafting third or fourth overall. We know the Cardinals probably aren't taking a quarterback, right? The Patriots probably are. The Bears, let's just assume they're not, okay? Would you find a way to trade up to one back in that scenario when you were at number two if you could have traded up and taken Joe Burrow? Yeah. Not saying that Caleb Williams is Joe Burrow. Everything's a gamble. I understand that. I don't need to be reminded of that. But if you get the opportunity to move up and get a guy, then you go get him. You're not always in this spot. Let's get to some of these phone calls. I just, I can read all these. I just know I'm going to disagree with a lot of these. Let's get to Tony in D.C. Tony, what's going on, man? Hey, how are you doing today? Doing great, man. What's going on? Man, I, I understand what you're saying, but I can tell that you sound like a Redskins fan because you sound damaged. <laughs> and, 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 and you and you sound like the same thing that I we've like been doing for years and what we've been conditioned to. We always like everybody else's player. Everybody else has a better idea than what we got. Trade this guy, get rid of this guy. Let's take a chance. You keep saying you understand this, but Bryce Young, somebody traded up to get Bryce Young. Look mm-hmm. how that worked. I would take a Stroud. So, so, First so now what you say? Yeah, yeah. I, I, everybody says that. No, no, no. You can go back thing. and check my receipts. Just, I, I will just say like, that. <laughs> just like Herbert, nobody wanted Herbert. The thing is, man, you, if you look at the teams that have went up and got quarterbacks before the rest of the team was ready, it has not worked out for them. None of them. These teams that go they get these first-round picks, they usually get them because they're horrible. Okay. And then you end up having Real to pay quick. them Real before quick. you develop the rest of it. Go ahead. Go ahead. Was, was, were the Texans ready for a quarterback? Were the Texans ready? The Texans were ready for a quarterback. The Texans did not have a destroyed team like we did. The Texans have an offensive line. Stroud's eh. not running for his life. It's not no, a great old line. It's, uh, okay. They, they're, they're, I understand their offensive line is better neat. than ours. Well, everyone's a lot. <laughs> exactly. So if, you, so if you bring a dude in and he ends up like Carr and you get the brakes beat off of him with your first-round pick, he tears his ACL because you put him behind a line that was garbage, you've wasted a pick. But I'm telling you, Tony, there's $90 million in cap space. Like We can't act like if they take a quarterback, say they were to because trade up to one, you act like you can't you take have a money, quarterback. Because, uh, you, because, you have, because you have money does not mean you're going to buy the right thing with it. We need to develop players, draft players, something we've never done. We've never had a regime to develop players, draft players. Look at all the people that we let go that are playing other places. Sure. Because our plan is to buy somebody else's player. You don't want to, we'll pay them more than you, we'll take them. We keep one. We love everybody's stuff more than ours. No matter who we got, we like somebody else's stuff better. That, that, that's, that's, that's the whole Redskins way. That's the fans' way. And we're damaged, man. We had Daniel Snyder for years. Yeah. We've never seen it done the right way. And because of that, we keep repeating the same stuff. Sure. Oh, get rid of him. Get him. We like him better. We should have gotten him. We, we need every, it's always the same thing with us. We never develop anybody. We just trade them and try to find somebody else's stuff. Tony, appreciate the phone call, man. See, I hate how this has made me sound. I am not anti-Sam Howell either. Like if they went into uh, – I would be totally fine if they stuck with Sam Howell. As a matter of fact, I probably would be over that, over trading up. I'm just saying that shouldn't be off the table. If, if you want to know what my honest opinion is, if I were the general manager right now, let's just assume the season had already ended, I would roll with Sam Howell next year. I would draft Fashanu out of Penn State with that pick, 
or consider trading down, but I'm probably taking Fashanu out of Penn State, and we're rolling from there. And I'm spending a lot of my free agency money. I'm spending a lot of it on defense. I'm drafting lots of old linemen, and I'm drafting some skill players on offense. I'm spending the draft picks on offense, and I'm spending the money on defense. That's where I'm at. I'm just saying I think that trading up to number one has to be on the table. I don't like how this makes me sound like the anti-Hal, you have to trade up for Caleb Williams guy. That's not what I'm trying to say, but it does need to be a realistic possibility. And if they come in and say Hal's not the guy, I think that it needs to be really strongly considered. I really do. And people don't agree with that. I get it. But we also have to understand, I get Tony's point because it is a good point. So many times we look and say, look at that guy in Kansas City. Look at that guy in Philly. I get it. It ends up being frustrating when here in D.C. we can't ever just get a guy in here. We had one in Trent Williams, right? And now you look at him over there in San Francisco doing his thing. We weren't able to keep him, right? I understand that frustration. But at the same point, you can rebuild things through free agency. You can bring guys in that can help. Look at the Jags and how quickly they turn things around by signing lots of dudes in free agency. Things can get turned around. And so even if you trade some assets... To get your quarterback, maybe it's not the order that you like. Maybe you'd like to build the team first and drop the quarterback in. Ron Rivera style, right? Isn't that what he said? I would rather have the quarterback because of where I'm at and take my chance there, and I can spend my money to build the team up around them. That's just where I'm at. And if you be, if you seem like you think that Sam Howell's that guy, I think that's fine. But if they don't feel like Sam Howell is that guy, I think that you really have to consider calling Chicago and saying, hey, man, you love Fields, right? We'll give you a lot so we can get Caleb Williams. That's all I'm saying. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll wrap it up. I'll give you my predictions, and we'll continue to argue about trading up. I didn't see this becoming a thing, but we'll continue arguing about it here on a Burgundy Eagle game day. Final segment with with you here. Toby Altizer taking you up till 1 o'clock. We'll turn it over to... Craig Hoffman and Logan Paulson for the Take Command pregame show. Let's get to your calls real quickly here. Quickly, let's get out to Bill in Maryland. Bill, what's going on? How you doing, sir? Doing great, Bill. What's going on? I have to I have to respectfully disagree uh, about draft, moving up to draft. We have a legitimate quarterback who needs help around him. We need a left tackle as a cornerstone. You're not going to buy that because the good ones are not going to be let go by any smart teams out here. We need to draft a left tackle. We need to build a line. Sam can do just fine if he doesn't have to run scared every single play. Yeah. Bill, I don't disagree. I appreciate the phone call. We got to run. Yeah, I don't disagree. Like I said, personally, I would stick with Howell. But if they come in and they say that I'm not going to roll with Howell, I think it's a real possibility that you got to think about trading up. Let's get to Andre and Manassas. Andre, what's going on? Hey, um, you know, I think you kind of, and I'm using the air quotes, you have to play the game. You have to have the other 31 teams thinking that you're willing to, to invest in a quarterback. Um, you have to get the other 31 teams who, who may need a quarterback calling you making offers so you can get some, you know, additional picks and so forth. So you have to, and I'm using the air quotes, to play the game. But as a fan, I think, you know, the strategy is play the game but keep Howell and do whatever you can to get maybe one, two offensive linemen. Listen, you know, I, I think as a fan, it's the – it's an easier pill to swallow, easier risk, I think, to take to, to drop offensive linemen than to a quarterback. And let's face it, 
these quarterbacks and these drafts, it's it's not like it's Andrew Luck. You know, half these dudes are just dudes. I don't think, you know, and I don't know for a fact, but it's not like, you know, we're drafting the second one. Any of these quarterbacks are second coming of Andrew Luck or Joe Montana. So I would say draft multiple offensive linemen. I mean, what's stopping us from drafting the dude from Penn State and drafting the guy from Notre Dame if we can get the picks? Yeah. Andre, I appreciate the phone call. The one thing I'll say, a lot of people love Caleb Williams as a prospect. No, they're not saying, well, some people are saying that he's the best prospect they've seen in a long time, even past Andrew Luck, right? Some people are saying that. I don't know. I'm not a perfect talent evaluator, but he's got a lot of tools, okay? If you get a chance, I might take that chance. Let's get to Rodney and Landover, final caller of the show. Rodney, what's going on? Hey, fellas, I want to piggyback off uh, Tony. I, I agree with him 100%. If you look at the Bengals and the Vikings game the other day, they had backup quarterbacks in there. And I think one of the reasons what Tony was talking about is that they developed the, the people around them with offensive and defensive line to help the quarterbacks play. They put up a lot of points with backup quarterbacks. This franchise was forced into uh, a microwave type of societal thing with a bad owner. We, 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 we live in this quick fix you know, thing because of Dan Snyder, and that is killing the team. So basically, I agree with – I don't believe in the crapshoot of, of Caleb Williams. I think you build around Sam, give him, give him a year or two, and then – try to do something, you know, to splash stuff or whatever. So we'll see. Appreciate the phone call, man. Here's my thing. I understand what he's saying. You don't want to necessarily rush things. But do we not recall uh, what happened with Joe Burrow in Cincinnati? He, he gets hurt his rookie season. The next year, they're rolling. They get into the playoffs, and they got to the Super Bowl, right? Things can change so quick in the National Football League if you get the right quarterback. It's not like Joe Burrow had a perfect offensive line. The next year they had to spend to improve it. I I think that the quarterback is so important that you take the chance. Again, I'm not saying that it's the perfect formula. I think this maybe almost comes more to a roster building question than anything. Do you prefer the quarterback first? Do you prefer the roster built first and drop the quarterback in? We can have that discussion another time. It is a burgundy and gold game day. I want to quickly give you some guys I want to watch today. Then I'll give you my brief prediction here coming up in just a second. Some guys to watch today. Obviously, Sam Howell leads that list. Chris Rodriguez, I mentioned that a little bit earlier. Brian Robinson's out today. So Gibson's going to get some extended run. Chris Rodriguez is going to get some extended run. I've liked what I've seen out of Rodriguez, so let's see if he can continue that going today. I want to watch that left guard spot. Sadiq Charles, Chris Paul. Sadiq Charles gets activated. I'm assuming he's going to be back in the lineup. If he is, how much better is it? Chris Paul has kind of struggled since he's been in there. So how much better does it look on that side? If, if it's still Chris Paul, does he improve off into the bye week? But I would assume Charles. And then Emmanuel Forbes. He's going to be back out on the field. Let's see what he looks like getting back in action. I mean, he's going to have Puka Nakua and Tutu Atwell and Cooper Cup to go up against. So he's he's got his work cut out for him. How does he look today? Brief prediction. I'm going to go 31-17. No, 31-14. Let's go 31-14. I'm going to go in favor of the Rams. What do you got, Chris? Like I said, I'm hoping for a, a very big shootout game. I'd love to see something like 35 to 33, <laughs> you know, Rams win. Just I want to see Howell put in lots of positions where he has to make big plays, force the ball, two-minute drills, all that stuff, but they still lose so you don't lose draft position. Yeah, it's going to be a tough one. If there's one thing I'm confident in, I think it's that the – The Rams offense is going to put up some points today. I'm very confident in that. That's going to do it for me. I'm going to turn it over to Craig Hoffman. 
and Logan Paulson in the Take Command pregame show. Keep it tuned right here on a Burgundy and Gold Game Day to 106.7 The Fan, the Team 980, the Odyssey app.